Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into really nothing, uh, but a little bit of everything in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super color, fragilistic, expialidocious. What is this? After being on vacation for two weeks now, uh, I've tried to fill all these empty episode gaps with uh, guests from people I know from Fantasy Movie League. And most of them, I really didn't know what to talk about. Uh, The topic ideas came from the person that joined me on the episode. And partway through figuring all that out, I I decided it might be interesting to to do an episode without a topic. uh, To start without any real jumping off point. uh, No, no, not not even like a brief skeleton of a structure. And uh, that's today's episode. Uh, So (laughs) I have... Another guest here with me, Andrew. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, this is uh, going to be kind of an experiment, and I don't know if it will succeed or not, but we'll, we'll kind of roll with it and see how it goes. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so the only question I brought to this episode was, what good have you seen lately? Well, um it's been a uncharacteristically uh, movieless week for me. Um, but <laughs> been uh, had some people in town and uh, just running around playing some D and D yesterday. But uh, I think the last thing that I saw was Ocean's Eight. Okay, which was good. Um, it was fun. Yeah. Well, how do you? Yeah. What do you think of the uh, original one, or not the original ones, but the George Clooney ones? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Soderbergh fan, uh, and I it, it did. Uh, I think the, the best thing that Ocean's Eight did for me was uh, made me want to go back and rewatch the original. <laughs> Which I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the idea with all the reboots is you know intentionally intentional nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know, hits that nostalgia center of your brain. Right. But it was, but but I mean, yeah, the I mean. So so I did go back and do kind of a rewatch of of all three uh Soderbergh Clooney <laughs> Oceans movies. <laughs> and uh you know it's I think I think actually Oceans 8 might be my second favorite of the of the four so far. Oh wow. Yeah. I, I mean the first the first one is the first the original I mean not the original uh Rat Pack one but the original Soderbergh one is just I mean it's a it's a masterpiece. It's <laughs> so so good and but like i think the thing the thing that stuck that stood out to me uh like on the rewatch is just like how like the the ensemble is incredible (laughs) like oh i don't think you could put together a a cast like that today um and get like get you know 2001 brad pitt to be basically (laughs) standing around eating nachos for (laughs) the entire movie and just looking phenomenal right right i mean they they kind of tried i think yeah i think i mean the uh 12 12 is 12 sticks out as as really the i i my least favorite of of all of them and Mm -hmm. i think 
I liked 13 at the time, but I think, you know, 13 was basically go back to Vegas, rehash, you know, kind of the same, you know, trying to chase that same, the same story as the first one. Right. And so in that, in that regards, I thought the, the story for, for eight was really, um, you know, it was different. It was original. It was, it was clever, but I mean, it, uh, it definitely, definitely was kind of fell in the facsimile depart, you know, category, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, but it was just really fun to, you know, they got a great cast and it was just fun to see them work and, you know, see them get to have a, have a, have a good time. I think Rihanna just crushed it. She was, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Rihanna, I, I never realized how funny Rihanna was <laughs> until Ocean's 8. Well, I mean, it's not like she's in a movie every other month or anything like that. Right. She, yeah, exactly. She, she splits her time up uh, pretty pretty strictly among a lot yeah. of different things. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I guess before this, it would have been Valerian last year. I yeah. Think. Uh, yeah. Basically, uh, basically the uh, the uh, the fifth element sort of... Uh, <laughs> singer cameo uh sort of role right i actually i actually didn't see valerian i looked it looked really pretty but it is incredibly pretty uh (laughs) i would say watch like the first if you ever want to have anything to do with it i would recommend watching the first like five to ten minutes and that's about all you need all right (laughs) that's that's my favorite part of the movie it's actually pretty fascinating because it's you know has nothing to do with the, the characters in the story it's just kind of an over I don't know. It's like a little montage of like the world and all these alien races coming together. It's pretty interesting. Nice. Yeah, I have to check it out. I will say it's. I mean, it's an incredible flex to <laughs> to make a you know hundred hundred and fifty million dollar movie based on a like rather obscure French comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I mean, sh- power. You know, power to him. Right. That's that was that easy. was Luke Luke Besson, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good for good for him. Yeah, you know he he's 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 a quirky, weird guy who somehow has managed to be able to still be quirky and weird all these years into the industry, which is a nice that is element. that is rare. Yeah, it's yeah, nice nice to see somebody be able to to stick to their their <laughs> their weirdness mm-hmm. and get people to get people to fund it. <laughs> yeah, that that's the hardest part, probably. Yeah. But so what about you? What uh I'm you uh what have you seen lately? Um well um do you let's see. Yesterday I saw The Meddler. Have you heard of this? Hmm. I have not. It's it's kind of like I saw somebody describe it as almost famous told from the perspective of uh like a retired mother. Which is a really strange way to look at it. I don't know if I quite agree with that, but it's kind of so. Just... It's all, it's almost famous from the uh, from the Francis McDormand perspective. <laughs> a little bit, may, older than that. Okay, um, it's because it's it's Susan Sarandon who like travels across the country to, and just kind of drops in on her daughter Rose Byrne, uh, and through a series of of plot contrivances, ends up house sitting. 
and then inserts herself into every single fabric of Rose Byrne's life, whether or hmm. not she's involved with it anymore. <laughs> so, like, uh, one of the more, like, outlandish parts of it is that she becomes really close with a friend that Rose Byrne isn't really even friends with anymore to the extent where she's basically filling in for this new person's mother. She like buys her wedding dress and like funds the entire, um, uh, it's not a wedding, but it's, it's, um, the recommitting the vows ceremony. Uh, so she like bankrolls the whole entire situation and it, there's a, and she, the whole time she's also like seeing, uh, like a therapist and the therapist asks her at one point, like, do you know her last name? <laughs> and she doesn't <laughs> like this person. She's spending thousands and thousands of dollars on doesn't even know the last name of them, but it's interesting. Like it's, it's kind of approaching that whole, what do you do when you're retired and your kids have, you know, long since left the nest and you know, you're, her your husband is gone or or your spouse or whoever it is and like what do you, what do you do to like be involved in life at that point and that's an interesting question you know yeah like that's that's an interest that's an interesting angle to uh to look at for sure yeah because i i you know sitting here at my ripe age of 26 like i i'm not <laughs> even considering a world where i get to like 60 65 and i don't have that sort of stable base around me to kind of live against or, or live with or, or however you want to phrase it. And, you know, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, my kids are going to love me and they're going to want to spend all their, you're never going to want to leave the house and I'll be fine with that. You know, like uh, it doesn't feel like a possibility for me. Yeah. As I, I'm, I'm 28 and I feel like, uh, from that person, you know, that story, from our perspective is very different and that's a you know it's a horror it's a horror movie <laughs> your, a little bit yeah. your retired mother comes and starts you know moves in out of the blue and starts taking over your life mm-hmm. so it's it's uh it's interesting to see that from you know to see that story told from uh the other perspective because yeah. i feel like we've we've had those movies before we've had a, a lot of stories of the you know the the crazy family member moves in and starts you know messing up your normal life mm-hmm. monster-in-law yeah exactly exactly yeah. but this one is like well what if you were on the other shoe you know and how does that feel doesn't feel good i guess yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know that that was an interesting one i watched yesterday um this morning i i watched um the unrated version of the girl next door Oh, nice. Which I never seen the rated version of it. Yeah, I don't think I have seen the rated version either. I think I've I, that was a that was a DVD player uh re- like on regular rotation back in back in college, I think. Okay. One of one of my roommates had and had and like I think I I don't yeah, I don't think I ever it's like uh it's like that and Fight Club and uh Almost Famous. And and the same thing. It's like I don't think I've ever seen the uh, like the non-director's cut of a lot of those movies that came that were you know on the 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 heady DVD days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, how's how does that movie hold up? Um, I don't know. I, like I expected it. I've I've seen a lot of like the '80s and '90s kind of like teen movies, mm-hmm. and a lot of those really really have not aged well. Yeah. <laughs> 
and like, to, they just to come say off, the least. Yeah, they just come off real like rapey and mm-hmm. uh, sexual assault vibes all over. This one is actually has a lot more character than that. Um, yes, that, a lot more than I expected, honestly. Uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying like it's a good movie necessarily, but <laughs> I don't think anybody was saying that at the time. <laughs> no, but it's it's I don't know the the part that's probably going to stick with me the longest is um, Emil Hirsch, who plays like the main kid. He is dragged to this um, to a strip club with uh, the girl next door, Alicia Cuthbert, and her. Manage her her porn manager, played by Timothy Oliphant. Oh yeah. So they drag him to this um, this strip club, and his he sees one of his teachers there, and he he tells Timothy Oliphant that he sees him, and Timothy Oliphant calls the teacher over to their table, and kind of coerces the teacher into buying the Emil Hirsch and the teacher both a lap dance. <laughs> And so we cut to them, like, both sitting on the same couch, both getting a lap dance. And it's this really awkward situation. And there's nothing... They don't say anything for, like, 20 seconds. And the teacher <laughs> kind of turns to him and he's like, so how's that scholarship going? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, that's, that's so good. I thought that they did that so well. It's definitely going to stick with me for a while. Yeah, I remember, I remember that scene now. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything else, I don't know. I can kind of take it or leave it. There's a lot of nudity for nudity's sake, but yeah, that's that that's teens uh, want, I guess yeah. <laughs> teens want to see boobs. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I uh, in that vein, uh, not too long ago, went back and rewatched Revenge of the Nerds, which like I remembered being. I loved that movie when I was <laughs> when I was a kid, and I probably saw it at a much too young of an age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, going back and it, that just made me feel really uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in like a post Gamergate uh, world is like the, all of that kind of takes on a much darker tone <laughs> than I think was intended at the time. But Yeah, I agree. You know, I went. Uh, I, I actually saw Revenge of the Nerds in a theater like a year and a half ago. It oh. was the first time I'd ever seen it. Nice. Um, but, um, what was it? Porky's. Yeah. Was a big one that I had heard of. It was like on all the like top 10 teen movies lists. Man, I... Man, uh, <laughs> it's so, yeah, so that one uncomfortable is, that to watch. That one's pretty, pretty rough. <laughs> I was just like, this is... You know, like this, the, the the premise of this could not get greenlit in today's like climate. No, absolutely not. Me too. All that kind of stuff. There's no Absol- chance. Absolutely not. And yeah, like I can, I get that. Like people who like grew up with these movies, like in the '80s, I can understand the nostalgia that it brings to them. Right. But I, either, if this was a nostalgia movie that I loved growing up, and I watched it again now, like I would just try to like disown myself from it entirely it's really awful yeah (laughs) well in uh in more positive uh (laughs) 70s 80s movie uh anniversaries i did i did make it out to the 70 millimeter 2001 space odyssey uh uh, anniversary and that i mean the movie has always looked incredible but oh my god (laughs) Yeah. It, yeah. It was. It was 
one of the that and I th- and I I did find and last year I made it back to see uh, Close Encounters uh, for the 40th anniversary re-release. Oh wow! And talk about movies that hold up. Also, movies that I I think I I think I probably saw had to see 2001: A Space Odyssey like three or four times before I, as a kid before I was able to make it through <laughs> without falling asleep. Oh man! And That's uh, fair. and but. But it was definitely worth it once I, uh, I mean, see, yeah, revisiting it, you know, 10, 15 years later is just, uh, it's an incredible film. Yeah. <laughs> just. I, I had heard about the, the re-release coming out and like, I keep seeing it on the numbers as like, oh, it's made such money and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it's not, it's not playing anywhere around here, uh, which is frustrating because I would love yeah. to go see it in the theater uh that just having you know having watched so many movies from days past uh just on my laptop it's really underwhelming oh Even yeah if they are really good like 2001 and being able to see it up on the big screen like i got to see wizard of oz at the oh, theater man. a few months back uh you know it just it's such a different experience and and really deserves to be had i think yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what, so you're in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. What's the uh what is your uh your classic movie theater situation out there? Like It's it's actually really spectacular. Nice. Which is why I'm really surprised we didn't see 2001. So, I live near a big AMC theater. Mm-hmm. Which does like as as most Wednesdays. as most of us do. Right. Uh so, you know, it's got Throwback Wednesdays like this past week it was Jaws. Um, oh yeah i would have loved to go see i was i didn't really have the time this week to see it though yeah well they usually do uh at least uh my mc amc they do it wednesdays and sundays i think oh wow Mm -mm. we do it's wednesdays and i think during like winter they do tuesdays and thursdays instead oh cool so they like try to add in tons of christmas movies that kind of always get in the rotation nice um but so that that there's that side of it, and then um, there's a single plex theater uh, also nearby that does second. I, I wouldn't even call it second run movies. They just kind of do whatever they want over there. Nice, that's <laughs> um, it's, awesome. It's exactly what the uh, the employees decide. So, and it's every week is a completely different lineup. So uh, this week is summertime madness week so they're showing jaws they're showing the seven year itch oh nice and next week is in case you missed it which will be a quiet place black panther death of stalin Ooh, that one i did miss um i and i've i heard really good things about it, it uh death of stalin real funny nice. it's really funny and like the week after that is leading ladies week with um whatever happened to baby jane all about oh. eve and stuff like that so like they they've done miyazaki weeks anime weeks foreign we language, just we just had a stuff. yeah we just had a, a kurosawa festival at the stanford theater nice. in palo alto they do it every every summer awesome. so i saw hidden fortress and uh and yojimbo Oh, great movies! Which two, two, two of the best? I mean, Yojimbo is probably one of my one of my favorite movies of all time. This is definitely my dad's favorite movie. Oh wow! Um, and which? Yeah, do you watch? Uh, you watch Westworld? I watched the first episode. Gotcha. And I, 
one, I really, I need more time <laughs> to yeah. watch, to devote to it. But I don't, the first episode didn't grip me enough. I think if I watched like one or two more episodes, I might kind of fall into like, yeah, I got to get up with this, but I haven't had the chance to do it yet. Yeah, I feel I feel like so as as a uh, a former a recovering lost fan. <laughs> uh, I I I do really like the uh, the puzzle box aspect of it, um, but I can see where that might be a little uh, tiresome to some <laughs> to some people. But I think it is worth. It. But they uh, in uh, in no spoilers, all generalities. Uh, the there's an episode in the second season where they go to uh, one of the other parks that is uh, Samurai World, mm-hmm. and there's a kind of uh, it's kind of a joke that they the storylines in Samurai World are just cribbed straight from the West wor- the Western World, <laughs> and so it's a nice little commentary on like Kurosawa being inspired by John Ford westerns, and then uh, you know Sergio Leone just straight up ripping off Kurosawa <laughs> for the you know Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. Kind of the <laughs> nice, 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 uh, nice reference to the uh, the relationship between samurai movies and westerns. Um, and so, like we we watched uh, Yojimbo, and then went back went back home and watched uh, um, a Fistful of Dollars, and it's just like straight like <laughs> scene for scene almost <laughs> like mm-hmm. rip like ripped off the whole movie but it's good i mean like there is a lot of a lot of similarities in you know character archetypes and you have your lone gunman or your ronin samurai and it's fun to see how how you know filmmakers are have always been influenced by each other and so like that that brings up an interesting question like they've they've done that a lot even lately with like remaking foreign films into like real movies mm-hmm. I, not real movies Hollywood real movies. Movies. <laughs> um just for uh, probably for multiple reasons one successful movies overseas can generally translate to successful movies domestically but yep. also good movies overseas don't always get seen by a lot of people over here that's true. Uh, especially if they don't make any impact on like the award circuit in the foreign language category. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but then a lot of the times uh, you end up with things like old boy, which right. didn't really do anything over here. Uh, yeah. Uh, and- well, I, though, though I would, I would argue that old boy is one of the, the rare cases of the, of a foreign language movie that did get a, a lot of attention. The original, the, the That's Korean, true. That's true. Made a, I mean, had a pretty big impact. So, in in the states, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that was kind of why the <laughs> Josh Brolin remake didn't get a lot of attention because it was like, it was the the remake that nobody nobody really asked for. <laughs> true, I, that's fair. Um, so I guess like, uh, multi. I guess my question would be, like, do you think that that's an endeavor that like Hollywood is for is worth like continuing, you know, ignoring some of the missteps like old boy and, and things like that. But I, I mean, there've definitely been a lot Ghost of instances. in the shell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there've definitely been a lot of instances where like, it's been a successful thing to, like, you know, specifically looking at Kurosawa for, as mm-hmm. an example. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, I think, 
I in just in general, I would like to see more, uh, you know, smaller, maybe twenty to twenty to sixty million dollar movies, and if mm-hmm. and if a, a way that um you know somebody will get greenlit a uh, you know twenty million dollar movie is to remake a, uh, a an already successful foreign language film, then then I'd say go for it. Um, but I, I I think I think it is worth. Uh, also just trying to better market uh, the foreign language films <laughs> themselves, yes, I which agree. I think actually, uh, I mean, I think now granted not, uh, not traditional, you know, Hollywood movies, but uh, Netflix is actually doing a pretty good job with that. Um, like with dark, I would not have, uh, I would not have gone out of my way to watch uh, a German language dark sci- science fiction time travel television program mm-hmm. with all subtitles, if I if you know Netflix hadn't presented it to me on the front page when I started up the app, and uh, it was incredible. It was such a good show. So, oh, good. And I yeah. So I think and it I've noticed a lot more. Netflix is really starting to push some of their and produce. I mean, it makes sense for them. They're a global company. They have subscribers in was over a hundred different countries so it ma- just makes good financial sense for them to produce foreign language uh content but right. the but right. them you know then turning around and and uh and actually marketing that to their main you know their american audience is, is pretty great yeah like they had okja which is not yeah purely that movie was incredible language, but you know it's 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 kind of like a, a, a gateway foreign language movie. Yeah, exactly. Which is perfect, you know? That's what more people over here need <laughs> to yep. experience. Yeah, there's... but And, well, and it's also... It's a great, great representation, you know? You get audiences that you wouldn't otherwise see in a Hollywood movie. So... Mm-hmm. Be it great for them to, you know, be able to see themselves in a, a big-budget movie or TV show. Yeah, like Black Panther yeah, showed us that exactly. pretty pretty handily <laughs> earlier yep. this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It it it's also. BS. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I was just gonna say like kind of piggybacking on that point was just that like it also shows us a wider range of like we can have these uh, performances in movie in like these foreign language movies from actors that no one's ever heard of but like they're so popular so famous so acclaimed over in their own country and like we've never even seen them or heard of them and you know they're never going to break into like the best actor races over here so we're never going to like know their names but with things like Okja with things like what Netflix has been able to do and, and so on and so forth maybe we will maybe like more people will get to know like oh there's more than like brad pitt out there yeah exactly nice to know yeah um yeah that was um who uh it was like when pacific rim came out and uh and like rinko uh i can't remember her last name but the the female lead it was yeah. like the first time I had seen her in anything and she is an enormous star in Japan <laughs> and like um and then I mean uh Steven Yeun was was in Okja which you know he's been on The Walking Dead but like 
getting seeing him like being able to carry a full motion picture like was awesome. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> uh Rinko Kikuchi. Kikuchi, I mean, yes. Yes. She was and she was she uh going back to Westworld, she was in the uh she was in that Samurai Samurai World episode. <laughs> oh, oh, perfect. It Which, all ties it, together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I that's you know, I that's always so strange to have that kind of epiphany of oh my gosh, I loved so and so in this movie. Um but because they're not white or, or or American, you didn't realize that yeah, their film catalog is like 200 Oh, <laughs> films yeah, exactly. long and like they've been around for forever. And they just never kind of made their way over to the states or even like Europe would have been probably close enough to have some recognition right but it doesn't well if they were yeah and if if they were you know european if they were british they would be you know playing all of the american roles in uh in film these days yeah more and more often yeah exactly um we've had uh how two two british spider-men uh a welsh batman uh yeah (laughs) yeah they take over um, you know, like, uh, even in like Star Wars, yeah. you know, those people are almost all, all British. Donald Gleason is Irish. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Ocean's 8, Cape Blanchett's from Australia. Yep. It's, it's Helena Bonham Carter is British. Yes. Cape no Blanchett also in Ocean's 8 is, is, incre- she just looks incredible she i mean definitely definitely kind of playing the the rusty ryan type Mm -hmm. just look cool and be cool sort of character but she does it so well she's just like effortless yeah (laughs) yeah i i I would i totally buy that everything she wears in that movie is just like it's just that's just her closet yeah yeah exactly (laughs) she just showed yeah she just showed up wearing whatever she was you know gonna wear that day and Grace grace that movie with her presence. <laughs> exactly. Totally. She's she's eth- uh, um ethereal in that way. Yeah. I love it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Are you I mean I guess you see you you're pretty pretty positive I guess on Ocean's 8. Are you looking forward to supposed sequels? Yeah, I mean I I feel like I mean I see a lot of movies anyway but i think i'm i'm a sucker for for a heist movie mm-hmm. i'll see any i'll see any heist movie <laughs> though i will say i uh the other thing that watching oceans 8 wanted me made me want to do uh was was uh check out logan lucky okay and that movie was was really really good oh i'm glad um, i liked it yeah it was uh i mean kind of fell victim to Soderbergh's weird experiments in uh, self-distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, but it blew my mind that that movie didn't, wasn't huge. Cause it was, that was truly, I mean, really ca- that was the, the spiritual sequel to oceans 11 that, that everybody really wanted oceans eight to be. Uh, yeah. but it, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate like- that it, that it didn't get more hype. Yeah, I think I remember 
when that was on like the fantasy movie leaks, like yeah. a lot of people were talking about it's only in so many theaters and then looking at the distribution of theaters, it's like only in the Midwest, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is admittedly like exactly where the movie takes place. Right. But yeah, it, it never really caught on, which is a shame. I, I'm not, I wouldn't like go to bat for that movie probably. Yeah. Personally, but I do think there's a lot of good stuff in it, and it's strange that it didn't get the attention it probably would have uh, if it may have maybe have been had been distributed a little bit differently. Yeah, I think I mean one of, definitely one of the more interesting Daniel Craig performances that I've seen in a long time. It was nice oh, yeah. to see him not have to be James Bond for once <laughs> in. For the first time in uh, over a decade. I'm sure he was very pleased by that, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, d- we definitely pay more attention to uh, distribution patterns of, <laughs> of uh, low-budget movies more than, uh, more than most people, I'm sure. But Yeah, more than the professionals sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, any any look at the uh, the prediction competition can can attest to that. Yeah, which is nice. You know, I I've been playing for almost about two years now, fantasy nice. league, and just have I, I don't know. Like, I never even consi- concerned myself with box office before I did. Yeah, same. Uh, sh- short of just like, oh, this movie. You know, sort of knowing that Avatar was the biggest movie of all time. Right. And like Titanic was insanely huge, and then uh, the Force Awakens came out, and it made box office history and stuff. I knew those kind of things, but uh, you know, I you couldn't could have twisted my arm, and I would have never been able to tell you, you know, what the highest grossing Marvel movie had been, or or you know, this, that, and the other, other than like educated guesses. And so now having this completely. Uh, sort of 360 degree understanding of the box office and what's making what and why things are failing and why things are succeeding is, is, I don't know. It it, it doesn't like do anything for me outside of fantasy movie (laughs) league, but but just knowing it and being able to kind of understand it a little bit better, at least gives me an educated uh, platform to be like, well, if they had done this, then maybe such and such would have done better. Or if they had, you know, released solo four weeks later or this thing when, and this, you know, Maybe yeah. they could have succeeded a little bit more with their movie. Yeah. So yeah, Solo is a interesting, interesting. Just uh, I mean, it, Solo is interesting in that for most of the story around the movie was the business side of it, and not mm-hmm. like how whether or not the movie itself was any good. Right. Uh, like every article I saw was about you know its box office performance and. And it's you know the use the uh, viewer fan base disappointments with the you know is this uh, is this uh, you know destroying Star Wars and right and I thought the movie was really fun I thought it was a good movie and I yeah I think you're absolutely right if they had held it off even I think I mean like if not until December at least just like till the end of summer you know that would have been if that if they had held it until August. Right. When there's nothing else big opening as as opposed to, you know, a month after Avengers and, you know, two, you know, three, oh. was it two or three weeks after Deadpool? Week after. A week after Deadpool. Week yeah. after Deadpool. It's like, what are you doing, guys? Yeah, because, you know, there's like, after, 
Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out next week. There's really nothing, yeah. There's this huge wasteland that will have a couple, like, $40, $50 million movies maybe in the next month or two after it. But, you know, obviously Solo's not going to do that poorly no matter when it's put out. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, $200 million is is only a failure to to start to you know if you're star wars right exactly like by 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 any other metrics by any other you know any other franchise like solos would still be a success but you know it's it's really tough to measure up against movies that like opened to more than 200 million dollars yeah exactly you know you just can't really compare yeah and I, i we could probably do a whole whole episode on st- the star wars fan base um but oh, yeah. so i won't get into that but <laughs> that's is, that's its own yeah kind of worms yeah uh, they'll never be happy no matter no. what no matter what they do like the already kind of feel myself falling into the trap but like just like the whole idea of remaking the last jedi oh my god yeah I, that, was, I just... that was actually the funniest thing that i saw on twitter all year <laughs> I, like even if that succeeds, even if they have the money, even if they can actually get the actual actors on board, and they even could make a, a you know re-edited Last Jedi, fine. Like even if they could do all of that, I feel like whatever they wanted that movie to be, it's not going to be. They still won't be happy. You no, know? exactly. Like, whatever lofty ideals they're trying to put that movie on. Nobody could have succeeded. Maybe some people wouldn't have offended them as much as Ryan Johnson did for whatever reason, but you know, it's Well, I for one am glad that he did because I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, I I am as full a support. as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I loved it. So <laughs> Awesome. I'm glad I don't know I don't know what they what they wanted, but yeah. yeah, that Ryan Johnson's response to that uh, on Twitter was just like, "Please do this." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I hope you do." Right. I was like, eh, "Take it." And he's 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 been a he's been a pretty good sport about the whole the whole ugliness. Yeah. So uh, it's it's admirable. He, he's yeah. done a, a fantastic job, and I really hope that all of this. My biggest concern is that all this is going to pull out the other Star Wars movies he's kind of signed on to do. Yeah. And I still don't know if they've like reconfirmed since everything that's happened that he's still doing them, but I I hope it's, I I think, uh, well, so there was, there was that story that was going around that they had put the standalone, like, uh, you know, a star Wars story, Mm -hmm. uh, was the Boba Fett or Obi-Wan movies on hold, which I think they actually walked back like a couple days after, yeah. Um, but I know they haven't said anything about the Benioff and Weiss movies or the uh, the Ryan Johnson movies that would suggest that they're, you know, you know, not they're balking on those. So I hope they don't. I think Ryan Johnson is one of the most one of the more interesting directors uh, working right now. So, yeah, I hope I hope hope to see him do more good Star Wars things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love and like. I don't know that the model really supports this happening with how like a Star Wars movie every year, basically. Yeah. That's the, that's the other thing 
with Solo is like it was just too soon after you know it used to be two three years between Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and having you know co- having a Star Wars movie come out four months after another Star Wars movie is just <laughs> seems like yeah d- overkill. I I want so like I want Ryan Johnson to kind of approach his own trilogy if that's what it ends up ultimately being the yeah. way that Nolan approached Batman. Yeah, exactly. Like, one for me, one for you kind of a situation. Yeah. I would love that, you know, give us like four years between them. Because that would be nice. Because they could pull it off. Like, he's, he's totally capable of writing it that way. And Yeah. I'm, what I'm interested to see, actually, is the, which, you know, might, might end up being kind of high-level high level, uh, plotting by Disney. <laughs> but the, now that, now that uh, episode nine has basically like an eighteen month gap, mm-hmm. see see what that will do, and you know maybe maybe they just didn't feel confident in solo, so that's why they 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 kind of dumped it. Right. But then having you know more than a year gap until the next one might might kind of bring bring back a little bit of that you know Star Wars appetite. I hope so. Yeah. Like uh, I'm I'm. Opti- cautiously optimistic about J.J. Abrams helming episode 9. Yeah, I like I mean, J.J. Abrams is a is very competent director. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, you know, you can see why they brought him back and kind of... He, he, he will make everybody happy. Even yes. if, even if you know, there will still be Star Wars fans that are unhappy with it. But You know, that's going to happen. I think yeah. One of my one of the the most frustrating things, like even on the fantasy movie league boards, was like the same people who who were trash, you know, who had trashed uh, the Force Awakens as like a tired rehash of A New Hope were the same mm. ones that were like, "The Last Jedi is too different. This is not yeah. my Star Wars." I was like, <laughs> "You can't have it both ways, guys." No, that's yeah. Everyone, I yeah. feel like everyone was on that same boat. It's tough to find, like, someone who can... I don't know. I feel like a lot of the people... Most of the people that I talked to liked The Last Jedi. Yeah. But none of them... But the, pe- and, but the people that didn't like it were very vocal about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, like, all all they talked about yeah. for, like, a month. Yep. And then some. Which, I mean, you know, hey, at least I, they were talking about it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw it three times at the theater. Yeah, same. Twice in IMAX. I just, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> they got me. That so. was, uh, yeah, as a, uh, I'm coming up almost on a year of movie pass. Uh, that was nice. that was one of the ones that I, I splurged to see in, in real IMAX. Mm-hmm. Made the trek up to San Francisco to our, oh. own, our only real IMAX screen. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah, you, metri- where are metri- you? I'm in San Jose, so I'm about okay. an hour south of San Francisco. Well, okay. hour with traffic, which there's always traffic. Right. <laughs> um, and we we do actually because uh, in San Jose we have a 70 millimeter IMAX dome at one of the science museums. Oh, neat. But I the dome IMAX is is not quite the same as as the the real deal. Agreed. It's a little it's a little bit of extra flair and. Yeah, and like unless you're sitting far enough away, like having to move your head around while watching a movie just just makes me kind of yeah 
tired. <laughs> yes. Front row syndrome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I think I think I'm trying to see upgrade next. My friend is trying to get me to see hereditary, but I am still <laughs> I still coming around to the the horror movie uh genre as as a, as a whole. And I heard that hereditary is supposed to be pretty pretty disturbing. <laughs> it is. I I'm kind of in the same boat like I'm not a huge horror fan. Uh I didn't particularly seek out those movies when i was younger yeah same and i i I actively avoided them yeah yeah that's probably more accurate too yeah um but and like it's only recently that i've been able to like kind of convince myself like all right you can watch this movie and you don't have to like cover your eyes ever you don't have to pull your hat down over your Mm -hmm. eyes to block out part of the screen um because i I don't know i just i'm not a big fan of jump scares yeah they get me but like I don't feel like the movies really accomplish that much, even though right. they get me with them. It's a fairly cheap tactic. Yeah. So that said, I think Hereditary does a great job of not having jump scares and still like getting you really, really significantly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not easy. Nice. Well, I'll give it a give it a give it a shot. Yeah, and. Also, my I throw my support behind upgrade. I, I really yeah, that too. I yeah, that's the one that's been at the top of my list for for a, a few weeks now. So, then let's see what is uh what else I yeah I haven't seen Jurassic World yet. You can skip it. <laughs> hey man, I like dinosaurs. I love oh. dinosaurs. I Don't did. I did. Wrong. I did just. Uh, I, no, that's so. I did rewatch recently uh, the original. Okay. And I feel like that was that was one that they should have done a uh uh anniversary re-release re-release for because I would have I would have really liked to see Jurassic Park in theaters again. Yeah. Which I think is the uh all you need to know of why Jurassic World the first one made a bunch of money. <laughs> of course, definitely. Basically, I want to see Jurassic Park in theaters again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's something that I always found interesting. Like, there's all these sort of classic old movies, even 2000s old, that they could totally like. Even like we mentioned, 2001 getting re-released, and it's still making a solid amount of money for how yeah. few theaters it's in. There yeah, exactly. Are so many older movies they could put in theaters that would do better than half of the stuff that comes out now. Yeah, which is kind of mind-boggling in a way. Yeah, and especially, I mean, especially for, like, our generation that grew up watching all of those 80s Amblin movies on, you know, on VHS tapes, like, right. to get to see some of those in theaters would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would, you know, I would go out of my way like, to make sure I saw it. Like, I've never seen Jaws in, in a theater before, so, like, I would love to see it in on a big screen, mm-hmm. but... Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, they, AMC is doing those kind of things, so. Yeah. Well, and, and I do, ha- I mean, it's in, again, in San Francisco, but we do have a Alamo Draft House, and they, they, they do a, a lot of cool retro stuff. Yeah. They do a, a lot of, like, weird B-movies from the 60s <laughs> <laughs> on, like, Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's those, those opportunities are still out there, but. I think there's, I think they're kind of just kind of scratching the surface and what the potential for that kind of stuff is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Well, I think, and I think something like MoviePass, I mean, whether or not they survive the summer is uh, a totally different question. But I think the, the, at least around here in the Bay Area, like I haven't been to a movie in the last like six months where the person in front of me in line wasn't using their movie pass card to pay for their ticket. (laughs) Like it is. And you know, we, we kind of joked when they tried their power play and, you know, pulled those 10 AMC theaters. One of those was my AMC theater. (laughs) Oh, really? The, the, uh, the Cinemark theater that is, you know, a mile and a half away from it got a lot more crowded. (laughs) Yeah, I I bet. So I mean, like, you know, it, it may not have convinced AMC to cut a deal with them, but I think that MoviePass got what they were looking for out of that uh, out of that little experiment. Yeah. So, but I think I mean I've noticed more people just in general at mm-hmm. the theaters in the last year than it seems in a long time. Yeah, I because like my uh, I had told you that like my girlfriend and I went and saw Solo yesterday. Right. which was the second time uh, we'd seen it. Uh, the first time we saw it was out of the country, so there was no movie pass, so we yeah. still had the option <laughs> to see it. So uh, we saw it yesterday, and like it's playing at the AMC near me. It's in the smallest theater size uh-huh. in, the, in the whole thing, and yet there were like 25 people there. Yeah, like, I was shocked you know, how, how crowded it was because we got there five minutes early, we walked in, and it wasn't like, oh, we can sit right there. It was like, oh, wait, hold on. We got to look for a second to make sure there's good seats for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the, it's, it's a good trend in general for, to, you know, giving people a, a more accessible way to get to the movies instead of, mm-hmm. you know, ticket. I don't know what ticket prices near you are like, but ticket prices are like 15, 15 bucks oh, here. Man. Yeah. It's only about 10 here. Yeah. <laughs> But like that, even still, like trying to go once a week—that's a lot of money, and it really adds up quickly. Yeah, not I think, even including uh, concessions and stuff. I think I'm down to below below three dollars on my average movie ticket price with Movie Pass. Nice. nice. <laughs> trying to get it. My goal. My goal for the year, because I got the Costco deal. My goal for the year <laughs> is to get it under a dollar. So I have to see at least ninety movies. Which it's I think not, is pretty is pretty doable. That's, that's pretty doable. Yeah. You know, especially like summer is the good, easy time to do that. Oh, and absolutely. Like, award season with all the expansions. Oh yeah, I mean, I I think the first week of January, <laughs> I saw eight movies in seven days, <laughs> just because I wanted to see. Is the first the first time in first time since they expanded the best picture slate that I saw all of the best picture nominees in theaters. Oh, nice. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the last time I did that was probably like <laughs> 2005 when it was only five movies. <laughs> right. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. I think this was, I'm trying to remember, I might have been able to do it last year, but the, that even even if that's true, then that was the only year I've ever been able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Because before I had movie pass, I would just not go. Like Yeah, just, exactly. It would be like, you know what? I'll wait. I'll watch it on at home on my computer, one way or another. You know. Yeah, and that's I'm usually like that too. But like even even like seeing Phantom Thread on a big screen was that you just it wouldn't it wouldn't have had the like 
the scenery, just the cinematography wouldn't mm-hmm. wouldn't have you you wouldn't have noticed it as much on a laptop screen or a, you know even a TV. Right. Just I, I there's something magical about seeing any movie on a on a big screen. So. Yeah, oh. I, I so like when I was um, I we flew to Brazil. It's like an eleven hour flight both ways. Uh, and you know, you, there's movies in the backs of all the seats. Mm-hmm. I saw Blade Runner 2049 that way. Oh, oh that makes me it. so sad. I so I, I I did see it in the theaters. Okay. Beforehand, so like I'd already had that experience, but comparing that experience to watching it on the back of like the seat of an, in an airplane, my my goal was like I would put it on and be able to fall asleep. And, like, even that, like, I still wasn't able to fall asleep watching it that way. Like, it was just so engrossing to me. It's, like, it's a slow movie, but it's one that, for me at least, really checks off all the boxes I want the movie to have. Yeah, same. So, but, like, just trying to compare, like, the scenes and, um, like, the, the, just the landscapes of that movie on the, on, like, a 10-inch screen. If it was even that big. It probably wasn't even that big. Yeah. Is, is kind of dismal <laughs> relatively speaking yeah i think i yeah i haven't been on a flight that actually had uh movies in the in the headrest in a while but i i i watched uh oblivion the matt damon or no sorry the tom cruise one mm-hmm. um and like i feel like i i feel like it i definitely did that movie a disservice because like you could tell it like it wasn't it wasn't a, it, it was a pretty it was a decent movie but it would have looked a lot cooler on a big screen oh yeah a lot of sweeping shots a lot of mm-hmm. like pull back and stuff yeah you know. and just like the 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 color palette and the the style you know the the art design of the of the movie were definitely something that would have looked better if it had a more grandiose presentation than uh yeah like a eight inch lcd screen on a right transcontinental flight exactly yeah which almost brings me like to the opinion that like they should kind of do a better job curating the types of movies that they show on flights like that yeah like it's great that people get to see things like a dunkirk or a blade runner or star wars but ah man like there's so many movies that don't lose as much being shown on like a cell phone sized screen right and and i mean maybe you know i mean that's not really obviously not up to me but like i think that the people that it is up to could could really benefit from i don't know thinking a little more yeah. realistically with how more, they portray more, that stuff more comedies more yeah. uh john to- hughes movies yeah exactly th- like i watched i watched like two john hughes movies on the flight uh home i think and like I felt like I you know I didn't feel like I never need to see that movie in the big screen ever again <laughs> yeah. like I got it I you know uh, yeah speaking of uh 80s teen movies that do hold up yeah <laughs> yeah at least at least at least breakfast club's still good yeah he he did some good stuff he he was able to um I I kind of like I talked about this with somebody else but um you know, it, it it's kind of analogous to something like a Mean Girls for me. Yes. Which, like, I remember it came, it came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. And I had, I was 13 years old. 
literally no interest in watching the movie. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not aimed at me necessarily, but I was well y- younger than like the age where I finally started to appreciate movies as a medium and not just like, oh, I can laugh at this or this can be exciting. Yep. But when I finally did get around to it, I was like, man, like this is this is some good this is good stuff. Like you know. I think I think Mean Girls came out at exactly the right time in my life because I was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> I was nice. like exactly the same age. It's like the OC was the same thing where it was like the OC came on when like I was the same age as the characters in the show and just mm-hmm. like yeah. will always have a uh, a special place in my heart. Right. Definitely. Like I I'm trying to think. I don't know if there was a movie that I actually got at the right time in that way. Um it would have to have been like 2007ish to work for me maybe and I I can't yeah. really remember anything I saw that year. 2007 that was super bad. That was also super bad came out right after like right when I was graduating from high school. <laughs> Yeah, but like I didn't see it until like college. Like, yeah, I, you know, I saw it three years after it came out. Um, like Juno came out two thousand seven. I saw it five mm-hmm. years after that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Two thousand seven was a good year for movies. It had some great stuff. <laughs> that was all. Wasn't um, that uh, like No Country for Old Men? No Country for Old Men. Uh, you've got There Will Be Blood. Oh my God! Yeah. Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> yep. Atonement, Three Ten to Yuma. That was a that was, was some that, great I, stuff. I, I really year. enjoyed Three Ten to Yuma. I did too. I was a big fan. Uh, but like of but like I saw all those movies in college, like four or five years later. Yeah, none of them I saw like the year or even the year after they came out, except like the Simpsons movie. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. or Ratatouille. I probably saw the same year, but. Remember when the Simpsons movie came out and everybody thought thought that they were going to stop making the Simpsons, you know, yeah. the show? That was like they're going to do the movie and that was it. I do. And that was 10 years ago? <laughs> 11 years ago? Yeah. I don't I don't know that I I probably stopped I after like high school. I don't think I've ever like sought out a Simpsons episode since then. Yeah. I think I think that's the case with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I would just I would still enjoy it even now, but I don't know. It doesn't do the same things for me that it did when I was like a teenager. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I mean, we also unfortunately in 2007 had uh Spider-Man 3. <laughs> so <We> did. <laughs> you know, you take the good with the bad. I think that was that was the the second most disappointed I've ever been at a midnight premiere. The really? first the first being uh the following year. <laughs> Uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal oh, Skull. <laughs> oh boy, that was that was that was that was a that was a bummer. Yeah, that that's rough. A bummer. That's real rough. Uh, I can't. I've been to a handful of midnight premieres. Um, I didn't. When by the time I'd start get, I really started getting into midnight premieres. They had. That was when Dark Knight Rises came out. And yeah, there was the shooting, and then that right. stopped happening. But now I've been to tons of like thursday 7 p.m shows right but yeah i think the i think the last midnight premiere i went to was the original avengers and it was after i was out of college i was i had i was working (laughs) and i think uh i at the time i had a job where i had to like wake up at six or like i had to be at work at six every day 
And I, by the time I got out, we got out of Avengers and I got home. I think it was like 3.30 in the morning. Oh, boy. (laughs) I basically (laughs) slept for an hour and a half, went into work and was like, I... I don't think I can do this anymore. So, you know, fortunately, they started moving up the the Thursday preview shows. So, yeah, I've seen, I've been to a lot of seven, eight, nine o'clock Thursday shows. But mm-hmm. my midnight, my uh, my midnight movie uh, days are are probably probably over. Yeah, because I, I, I feel the same way. I think about it. Every, like we went and like I went and saw Uncle Drew on Thursday night. <laughs> how was it? How was it? Uh, yeah, thumbs down. No, <laughs> thumbs down. But you're telling me that Kyrie's not a good actor. He's okay. Nice. <laughs> all all the like athletes in in old makeup put on this like really gravelly old person voice. Yeah, which is really at times frustrating. But like, I don't know. I, I guess I couldn't go in and separate them from from who they really are enough. Yeah, especially Shaq who. Hey no man, Sha- makeup could Shaq, ever... Shaq has a Shaq has a, a master's degree in comedy. You know, yeah. <laughs> he he does what he can. Yeah, he does I like Shaq. Can. Yeah, I, but like thinking about watching those movie, I, you know, I've, you know, Uncle Drew being the last one that I did that with. I don't know that I would go to midnight premieres anymore outside of you know, like the Marvel or the Star Wars movies. Right. Not a lot of stuff is really worth that much time and investment and coordination to like yeah. put together anymore. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. <laughs> but the things the things I am on board for, and they did this with Incredibles too. I don't know if they're gonna do this more often or not, but they did a Wednesday showing double header in IMAX for Incredibles. Oh, that's cool. 2. And like and like it started at six, so by the time both movies were done, it was like a little after 10 o'clock. So, mm-hmm. you know, totally manageable for anybody. Uh, and like, I was so on board with that. Like I would, you know, if they, I don't have the time to do it for Ant-Man if they did it for Ant-Man, but if they <laughs> do it for, I don't know. I don't you know mean, next... you mean you're not going to sit through the, uh, the 36 hour Marvel marathon? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that on my own once. Yeah. So I found this was um, before Civil War came out. Gotcha. I I found a thing online where this guy had taken every piece of Marvel footage, including like the one shots and stuff like that, and recompiled them in chronological order. Huh. So you're watching. Um, uh, so like the first scene is from like guardians of the galaxy flashback scene right oh wow like it's and really specific and you know some of the movies are actually intercut with each other because they take place at the same time Mm -hmm. and so forth like that and that i think at the time i watched it it was like 27 hours long (laughs) like that was a fantastic experience because that's pretty cool you don't get to yeah you don't get to watch them that way it's Uh, like the uh the godfather (laughs) 2 chronological recut except for you know 24 <laughs> hours longer yes yeah pretty much uh which was so neat and i haven't even looked in the years since if that guy is like kept up with that and done it future because i would totally do that again before avengers 4 yeah just to kind of see what that looks like that that takes uh that takes some dedication for sure it does uh yeah 
It really does. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of work, and it's uh, for for him and for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, absolutely for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more he's for got, him. He's got definitely. he's got to go through and edit all of that footage. Oh yeah, but it's an endeavor worth doing. Nice. I'll have to <laughs> have to seek that out at some point. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know, like um, things like that. It's sort of like um, unorthodox approaches to like showing a movie. I think don't happen often enough, and I think there's a lot of like. Um, so I, I wish I've never had the chance to do this. My friend, one of my roommates uh, from college, always suggested to me watching two movies at the same time. So like two monitors, two movies, mm-hmm. but make sure they are movies that are down to the second, the same exact length mm-hmm. and start it's... them at the same time and like, see how the fluctuations of like the plot and the arcs and whatnot, see how they kind of parallel to each other. If at all. <laughs> yeah. That's a, you know? that is, that is a really good lesson in film editing. I think yeah. you see, see really how no matter what kind of story you're telling, you're going to hit a lot of the same timing beats. Right. Like, am I going to, you know, because my first instinct, if I'm what, if I was watching two movies at the exact same time would be, well, one of them's probably going to be more interesting. Yeah. Some, you know, but if somehow like they're both kind of holding my attention equally, I'm likely to find there's likely to be like a period or sequence in both of them that happens at the exact same time that I'm going to want to spend my entire focus on and not going to be able to because they both are hitting it at this at you know at that same rising action point in the narrative, and that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be something. Cool yeah, that's to cool. Discover. What uh, have you have you ever have you ever done it? I've never done it. I would because I'd want be to be interested in finding fi- <laughs> figuring out good combinations of movies, like something that is the same length but totally disparate uh, story, like kinds of movies. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't want to do it on my own. I'd want somebody else to do it with me. And right, like, yeah. That's kind of a big ask. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's for sure. Um, but Do this weird movie experiment with me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to watch two movies that neither of us have ever seen. Yeah. But we're also going to watch them at the same time. So good luck. It might be, it might be easier with movies that you have already seen. So you're a little, less, uh, you're a little less distracted by trying to... I think in in that if it if it's movies that you've never seen, I think you would fall more victim to the, like I'm going to pick one of these to pay more attention to because it's more interesting. That's fair. And so I think if you know both of the movies, you know when the you know how you kind of know what's going on and where you are in the story, and uh, it's a little it might be a little easier to to catch mm-hmm. those those uh, you know the similarities. That's fair. I definitely. I can see the the advantages of doing it that way for sure. Be um, uh, it'd be interesting if you could do that with any of the uh, the Spielberg movies that came out in the same year. <laughs> oh try, man! Try doing uh, Jurassic Park <laughs> and Schindler's List at the same time. Uh. <laughs> that would be an inter- That would be a weird one. I bet actually um, you could do ET and Poltergeist because those Ooh. both those both came out in the same year. Yeah, I'm trying to like. It just like it because like Schindler's List is like an hour longer than Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think yeah, I think E.T. and Poltergeist might be a little closer. I'm looking. Let's see, Poltergeist an hour fifty two minutes. E.T. is two hours and one minute, so it's 
miss well, it by. Well, if you include, if you d- discount credits, yeah. I've got ET at an hour and fifty-five minutes, so only okay, three-minute so difference there. That's not that's too not bad. Too bad. I was looking at movies that came out this year that I have the, recorded at the same length. Um, so, uh, like uh, Game Night mm-hmm. and Isle of Dogs are both oh. ninety-six minutes. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be really, really fascinating. I liked both of those movies. So did I. They are solid, fun, good rides. Yeah, Game Night, like low-key, probably one of the best comedies that came out all year. <laughs> yeah, definitely one of the best, more, more stylish comedies in the last few years, even. Yeah. It, it does a lot of interesting cinem- cinematic things, and then it's a pretty strong comedy. Yeah. Good performances, a lot of stuff. Great, uh, great, uh, great showings from former Friday Night Lights actors. Yeah. Yes. Te- Texas Forever. <laughs> oh man. Never, never thought I would get to see Landry shoot Coach Taylor, but <laughs> what, what a world! Yeah, it's it's an interesting that how so how often do you kind of like conflate old characters with actors in newer things um i think it depends on the actor like it'll 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 it's like i i i don't have a hard time watching michael b jordan in black panther i'm not thinking of him as wallace from the wire though i mean like he it's wild that he was you know wallace in the wire (laughs) um but i yeah i think it it'll I love Jesse Plemons. It is going to be real hard for me to see him as anything but Landry, though. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and, like, Tim Riggins is, is Tim Riggins. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, it, I think I, I, it's more... I find that less being less of an issue with, uh, like, just film actors. And I think mm-hmm. I've, I've, it's mostly, like, people who started in TV shows that I liked. Right. That it's like, because I mean, because you spend so much more time uh, watching those characters on a multi-season t- TV show, that it's just kind of gets ingrained in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Though, I, though, uh, though, <laughs> sometimes, like, you have uh, somebody, you know, somebody who is on two very successful TV shows. <laughs> Uh, and then your brain kind of gets confused as mine did watching Breaking Bad because <laughs> I, oh, I loved yeah. <laughs> I loved Malcolm in the Middle as a kid. And so actually, mm-hmm. when I was binging through Breaking Bad a few years ago, uh, I was getting depressed because it's a depressing show to binge watch. And so I started uh, alternating episodes of Malcolm in the Middle. To, oh, wow. And that was a weird kind of mind fuck. <laughs> that's 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 tough to like wrap my head around. <laughs> yeah. Not even having done it. Yeah. It was uh it was int- it, I just wanted to rem- remind myself that Brian Cranston isn't actually a monster. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. It yeah, it I I did the same thing binge watching Breaking Bad to try to catch up before the finale of the show. Yeah, I think I did it's, I did it uh before season 5. So I watched all the first 4 seasons over the course mm-hmm. of like a summer. Yeah, it's it's a rough It's a lot. A rough binge. Yeah. For sure. It's a lot. It takes a lot out of you. Yep. Yeah, I think and I mean like going back to Lost, uh I will say like I I like Evangeline Lilly a lot, mm-hmm. but she'll always yeah, she'll always be Kate. 
Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Like, I'm, I really like Lost 2. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't on board with it when it was actually airing. I came to it a little later than that. But, like, I know, I don't know, like, sometimes, so, like, her small kind of cameo in the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. I was like, no, you're just Kate. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't put on ears and try to fool me. She crushed it in Ant-Man, though. I'm really looking forward to, to yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> like, I, I did not conflate the two whatsoever in the first Ant-Man. So, yeah. like, it it is, it's also kind of, like, how capable the actor is of stepping into different roles. Yeah, that's at true. At the same time. Well, and we had, you know, John Krasinski, you know, in mm-hmm. <laughs> Jim Halpert fighting, <laughs> uh, f- hiding from from aliens just a few months ago, so... Yeah, like that. Though that said, like I don't know if I'm going to be able to to get on board with him as like Jack Ryan. <laughs> I don't know about like <laughs> Jim Halpert action movie star or like action TV series star. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a it's a tough look. But I mean, Chris Pratt pulled it off. That's pretty, true. Pretty fantastically. Yeah, which blew me away because. You know, even just seeing him transition from Parks and Rec to, like, her and Moneyball, you know, he's still a little schlubby looking in those movies. Well, yeah, getting getting completely jacked uh, helped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a big, big change. Yeah. Like, when the previews, uh, like, when the trailers for Guardians 1 came out, it was just, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, couldn't even, like, consider him the same person, even. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, I was at the um, I was at Universal and uh, recently, and on in one of the shops there was uh, like a bunch of Lego sets, hmm. and I was like, Chris Pratt is represented in three different Legos, yeah, three different characters <laughs> in three different Lego sets on the same shelf. Because you had a Lego movie set, you, uh, you had a Jurassic World set, and you had a Guardian set. Like, wow. Good for you, Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah, he's he's come a long way. Yep. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, who knows how many more franchises he's going to stamp his name on. Uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, Star Wars? <laughs> I, you know, the, there have been all those um, Indiana Jones rumors yeah. floated around. I can yeah. see it. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's basically kind of doing an Indiana Jones in Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the warm-up. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's always kind of fascinating to watch, especially, like, somebody who isn't acting in movies what at all, and then you, like, catch them in a TV show, like... Um, one of the one like pretty much the entire cast of uh, Community, yeah. Like n- with the exception of Chevy Chase and a couple of guest stars, like none of them were doing movies really. And, and now, now Donald, sudden, now Donald Glover is Donald Glover. <laughs> Donald Glover is like superstardom. So Donald uh, Glover will always be the guy from the Derek comedy videos on YouTube for me. <laughs> same. I that's where I, I like I knew him from that from the very beginning. Yep, and like that's kind of carried with it through with it through the whole thing, but like even outside of that, you've got um, 
Allison Gil- Brie yeah. and Gillian and Gillian Jacobs are both fairly recognizable names in their own right. They've been on many other TV shows as mm-hmm. cast members and transitioned into movies as well. Um, Joel McHale maybe hasn't parlayed his fa- his success from that into movies very well, but like it's not like he's not doing well for himself. Yeah. On like um, what is it? The Soup. I think. Well, he he was on the Soup before Community, um, and was now he? he's got I, yeah. Now I he's got like aware. a Netflix talk show. Okay. The Joel McHale cool. show. Yeah. Uh, you've got like Oscar nominee Jim Rash. Yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. What a what, and... a what a world. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, I don't think any you've got. I mean, sure, it's not uh, in front of the camera, but the Russo brothers. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, totally. Going from uh, from paintball from to... paintball from paintball <laughs> fights to running the Marvel universe, basically. Pretty much, they're 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 like number two, right under Feige, probably, basically. Yeah, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, community alum, uh, Allison Brie, I think season two of Glow just dropped this week. I know. I'm, so I can't wait get, to get into it. Get back to that. That the, that was one of the one of the more pleasant surprises uh, of last year. That show is really really good. Yeah, I was a big fan of it because um, uh, she's in. She was like I came to her through Community, and then she had a couple of like movies with small roles but then i she's also one of the main voices in bojack horseman yes which i love and then i heard about glow last year and i was like totally on board for this i just hope it's good and then it was and i was like yes (laughs) she can do no wrong yep (laughs) very happy very excited yeah marin's really marin's really good in that show too that's having having listened to his podcast for many years it's nice to to see him get to carry or you know get to really really get a role that he that he just relishes yeah it's such an interesting character for him to play in that world i guess yeah. world um it's it's kind of very atypical of someone who would be in that kind of a position of power especially as a man over those over so many women right and in, in that time period and, and not yet, use it to be uh a, com- a, a complete sleaze yeah 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 and yet he still comes off as kind of this like a little bit of a dick but yeah. it's it's kind of it's a good-natured dick yeah well i don't think you i don't think you uh you cast mark Marin in a role that isn't at least a little bit of a dick yeah that's true that's fair that's just good for branding right he, he owns it and he's mm-hmm. totally totally capable of it yeah All right. Well, I think I I'd probably. <laughs> yeah. What else do we have? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's a good. It's a good a good array of, of stuff we got. We were able to touch on there. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was a good good time. Yeah. Um, I had a good time. Yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you. This is the sixth out of seven of these that I've done. Nice. Who else did uh, you? Uh, who else did you get? So um, we've got. Uh, Rock in the six oh seven. Nice. No plex zone. Undecided voter. Sparks no plex zones. Uh, he's he's really funny. Yeah, he was good. He and I did um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Ooh, spoilers nice. Spoilers review. Uh, I had uh, Biff came on for <laughs> a two hour episode. Wow. Yeah. How's what's uh what's Dylan like? 
He's... Uh, it was interesting. I, I really didn't know what to expect. Because, uh, like, I really only had my interactions with him through Fantasy Movie League. Right, to, yeah. To go off of. Same. So, like, I kind of expected things to be a little bit more... What's the word? I guess, like... I don't know. Maybe antagonistic, kind of? <laughs> yeah. Because that's kind of the persona he puts out in F- FML. Yeah. But it was... But the style of the episode was basically him interviewing me. Oh, nice. So it was – that made it a little – I don't know. He, he he From the very beginning, he was just kind of like, you know, like I really want to get get to know how you watch so many movies. But also like I'm just super impressed that you're able to like juggle that with like other things in your life. So, a re- having a real life? Yeah. <laughs> you know, spending 10 plus hours a day watching movies and managing <laughs> – to not be like overweight and have a girlfriend and yeah. you know be like penniless a, com- a complete shut in yeah yeah so i don't know it started off on a good foot and then it just kind of kept going and nice. yeah it was good it was good stuff uh so then there's this this one and then the last one i have set to do is with uh, adam's derelict drive-in oh nice so that'll be a lot of fun too very cool yeah well, uh, so you're uh, you're on vacation, or you're going on vacation? I leave my train leaves tomorrow morning. Nice. So I will be out of the. I guess I won't really be out of the state until Saturday, but I will be out of the city for until the f- two Mondays from now. Very nice. So I had to cover all these episodes, and I've figured out a way to do it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cause well. Have a good, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just getting to know all these guys, all of all of you, uh, both through the Discord, which was a huge, huge game changer. But then, yeah, I'm glad. Too. I'm glad people people took to that. That was uh, I. I got so fr- I always got so frustrated trying to communicate with people on Friday mornings, <laughs> and like, I was like, guys, there's a better way to do this. Like yeah. fran- frantically refreshing threads and people saying the same thing and not you know it's so yeah the discord has been a huge help yeah uh, I, i'm to just being able to communicate and and organize a group of 20 people yeah and it just keeps growing like yeah i keep feeling like we've got everybody that yeah. is a name <laughs> and then you know another like five people are come in the next couple of days and i'm like yeah the uh I'm, think of I'm glad that we got the uh, the full fml discord up too that's yeah. That's been really fun. Mm-hmm. It's 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 great. Awesome. Cool. Um, before we'll have you it, head have, out, yep. Um, if there's anything you wanted to like plug or anything, nope. I don't know if you have any side <laughs> ventures. Uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing worth talking about at the moment. But I appreciate okay. It. I'll uh, sure. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I do. Okay. Sounds good. But have a have a great vacation, and uh, yeah, it'd be fun to do this again sometime. Yeah, I'll definitely. Uh, Keep your name in the Rolodex. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Yep. Good talking to you. You too. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah uh, we kind of just started from nothing and ended up, I don't know, maybe we didn't really end up anywhere further than where we started, but we, we touched a lot of different things, a lot of different topics today. Uh, that's, that's it for today's episode. If you would like to see more episodes, uh, you can head over to circleoffilm.com for that and much more. If you would like to support the show, you can do so 
uh, patreon.com slash circle of film for as little as eight cents an episode. And if you would like to get in touch with me uh, for any reason at all, you can find me on Twitter at circle of film or on email circle of film at gmail.com. Thank you one more time. And as always have a week. So long, She'll never leave me Even as she fades from view So long, farewell I'll be to say adieu In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell Oh, what I'll be to say Wait a minute Wait a minute